Ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can you please take your seats for the VO Social Podcast? It's about to begin in five minutes. done a really cool thing this morning. Have you? I have recorded my mother's Desert Island Discs. That's amazing. Yes, I did my dad's last week. It's such a brilliant thing. Can I guess some of the songs? Yes. Barbie Girl by Aqua. No. Oh, Amazingly. Interesting. <laughs> the opening to Hamilton the Musical of the West End? No, are these oh. your Desert Island Discs? No. <laughs> and then Meatloaf. There's quite a lot of uh, Queen. Really? Uh, obviously, yeah. I mean, they are cooler than I thought, it turns out. Um, and there was the Beatles, obviously, and there's a fair bit of folk music from my mum, and also something about um, being a union man from my dad, which I was rather pleased with. It's um, the Straubs. Down the railroads and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well done. It was great. It was really, really, really great. I spent three hours with each of them. Uh, just They played me music, I asked some questions about their life, I learned loads of stuff. I've come, up, come out of it with like a slightly different perspective. Oh, look at that. Yeah. A bit of sentiment there from Leah. Don't yes. often get that. She's so hard. <laughs> Such a hard shell. Cold, cold, I call it. Yeah. <laughs> Can I apologise in advance for any coughing that I do? Because I'm currently slightly pharyngeally under par. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear it. Mm. I hate it when that happens to my pharynge. <laughs> I don't actually know what that is. Pharynx. Pharynx, right, okay. <laughs> it's the area from the vocal folds to the soft palate. It's no big deal. No, fine, yeah. yeah. We've got some cool things happening <laughs> this time. There's a mysterious squeak in the panic room, which we're going to track down. Nick's used all her magic voice detective powers to deduce the cause. Inspector Gadget over here. Yes. Um, and we're bringing you all the big news and developments from the Equity Audio Committee. Uh, yes. They're making a big announcement on this very podcast later on. Yes, they are. But this actual episode is mostly about Voice of God, which is used in awards ceremonies, trade shows, even theatres, to remind people to take their seats and so on, as you heard earlier. And we've got uh, we've got for you two perspectives on this so I had the joy and the pleasure of listening to the just gorgeous Katie Flamham. Um, she won the Voice of God Award at the uh, One Voice Awards, not the one just gone, the one before. 2018, 2018, wasn't it? yeah. Um, and we're like, that's great because she's a woman. Yes. Um, she's got a really good handle on the old VOG market. So I spoke to her. And also, she did the One Voice Conference Awards in 2019 as the Voice of God. Listen. It's time to find out who has won a prestigious One Voice Award. Recognising the best of the very best in voiceover in the past year. We are here live from the London Hilton Riverside for the UK voiceover event of the year. Welcome to the One Voice Awards 2019. I feel all I just epic. want to like, yeah, my, my, your chest is puffed it up. Has. I tried to clap, but I'm holding too many things. <laughs> I just yes. feel a bit emosh, totes emosh. I do, I'm up on top of a mountain. Oh yeah, like, yeah, like purveying or surveying or looking at the scene. I'm doing all of those things yeah. to the scene. And there's like wind and maybe some caca, caca, like birds. <laughs> there's loads diving. of that. Oh God, get away from me. And, <laughs> and Katie in a dress, like flowing in the breeze. Oh. Yeah, well done, Katie Flamin. Good woman. Uh, so basically, I asked her initially, what's the flipping point of Voice of God anyway? The point of a Voice of God is to keep an event flowing smoothly, to signpost for the people who are at the event what to do. People have a bit of a herd mentality and they don't really understand what to do at events and they can go to the bar and then they're kind of like, oh, what do we do here? What do we do? So the Voice of God will 
gently suggest to people that the performance or the awards ceremony or whatever it is, the wedding, will begin in 10 minutes. Um, and then they, they get signposted throughout the event. So the Voice of God will give the safety announcements, like where the emergency exits are and stuff, and will gently guide them through from start to finish, sometimes less gently than others. Now, your second perspective of the day, ladies and gents, is Lorraine Ansel. Uh, she's worked in production for around 15 years, starting out in an awards ceremony for L'Oreal, then moving into organising events for Yves Saint Laurent, Stella McCartney and Amnesty International. And for the last three years or so, she's been working for Big Fish Media, which is a voiceover recording studio and agency. And she's booked Voice of Gods for all of those jobs. So I asked her what she's looking for when she casts. I like to be, as a, as a customer or as a participant at an event, reassured that there is something or someone that will tell me where to go, how to do it, and when I need to do it. And that is what I look for when I'm casting. I'm casting for a voice that is uh, authoritative, is friendly, and fits the bill for the client. Because a voice of God is very different if you're, you know, the, I don't know, metal trade association versus uh, the hairdresser's competition of the year. And also, I like to ask, what is the room going to be like? It's always interesting to hear from clients that it's going to be all just a town hall or it's going to be a theatre. Or um, when we used to do the Colour Trophy, that would be massive, massive stadium-sized type thing. So you need to work with the audio team to understand that you need a voice that's actually going to work across all of those things. Because particularly for the colour trophy, you've got thousands of hairdressers screaming their heads off because they'd usually get a compare who is of the moment. And you really need a voice that is going to cut through all of that screaming. And uh, it really has to boom across. I'm always asking the client, what is this? What is this for? Is it a trade event? Is it uh, predominantly, you know, what is the target audience of the people that are going to come to this event? Because I think it's important to fit in with that brand as well, because it's all very well having, you know, if you're targeting 30 year old women and then you have a, a male voice, an older male voice, it can clash. It, it might not work as well. Whereas if you have somebody that's more aligned on brand, then that is that's going to work with the overall picture of what you're trying to do. And then from that, from whatever the client tells me, then I'm drawing up my casting list and I'm looking at. Okay, who fits the bill? Who is who is going to be good under pressure if it's live? Who can have the patience to read a lengthy script for four hours and still maintain that energy throughout the whole of that evening? And even probably give back energy and, you know, go over those names again and again and again. And someone who's likable. A lot of the time you're looking for someone who's likable for these things because the audience needs to listen and hear it, but they don't necessarily need it to jar with them. That's great insight, actually, uh, because I'm going to record the VOG for my own wedding next week. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to do some really funny. No, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to be like, listen, lads, get out. The drink's done. Come on now. Have you not got homes to go to? Great. Great. I I would leave if someone told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next I asked Katie what she thinks makes her good for Voice of God and what she thinks a good Voice of God um, is like generally. I think you have to be authoritative, but not annoying. Um, <laughs> kind of like a teacher, like a sort of like a sort of friendly but firm teacher, um, trustworthy. So people will and people will need to be able to actually sit up and listen to you. So 
maybe a bossy teacher, but but a, but a nice one. Nice. I think that uh, tally's quite nice, doesn't, doesn't it? That backs up. It's lovely to hear the same things from both perspectives. So now we know. Now we know what makes a good one. I mm. asked Lorraine Ansel what is the best voice of God she's ever seen in action. I was in LA um, about three or three or four years ago now, and it was at the Warner Brothers Studio Cinema Studio, and uh, it was a voice of God to talk about. Uh, what's coming up in this um, sort of event, talking about voiceovers and who the next speaker will be, what they're going to talk about and introducing them on and off stage. And it was this wonderful woman, and I forget her name, but she was blind. And she had all the apparatus and she had her guide dog underneath the uh, table and was right in the far corner of, of the auditorium. And I watched this fascinated because, wow, I thought she was excellent she was on point she she was obviously having the producers in her ear talk back to her and I was blown away by how she made it seamless I have seen people do it and they didn't do it with the ease and the flow that she had amazing and all the time the dog is underneath her just quiet happily sleeping away (laughs) yeah I would really, really like to know who that lady was um, mm. because, by the way, Googling blind female voiceover doesn't get you anywhere because obviously if you are blind, then you use voiceover as a tool to go about your day anyway oh, yeah. all the time. So I couldn't track her down with a with a cursory Google. So if you know who Lorraine is talking about, please do get in touch because we would really like to talk to her. So Kitty does lots of this for lots of different companies and clients and different environments live and pre-recorded and I decided to ask her how she preps and gets in the zone. So usually you would receive your script well in advance and therefore you can then read through and most of the time you can tell from reading, if, if, it's, if it's award dues, award ceremony things with, with lists of names or categories or something. Um, I've done some where it's um, the real estate awards I can't remember the exact name of it I think it was the X awards or something it's in Texas and it was for different real estate categories of and a million dollar kitchens and stuff like that it was it was quite laborious the categories because it was uh, um, settlements of so ever many rooms and anyway from that point of view you're just reading out the thing and there's not so many difficult names but if it's um, I've done I'm the voice of the mixology bar awards which I do every year and they are lists of names of bar people and cocktail maker people and mixologists from all over Europe. And, yeah, some of those names are tricky. And all you can do is just practice and rehearse. And if there's a glimmer of doubt, that's a disaster. But if there's a glimmer of doubt or if something changes last minute, you just have to say it with confidence. I've only ever done pre-recorded Voice of God. And I have to say, I felt an absolute tit in the booth being like, ladies and gentlemen, how do you get yourself in the zone? You have to you have to do that. You have to imagine the audience. You have to know who is there because a conference of I don't know um, a conference of hairdressers might have a very different vibe to a conference of merchant bankers. Perhaps I, I don't want to cast aspersions on what what either of those events might feel like, but but they might be different. Peter Dixon, the obvious, obvious legendary voice of God. I think I've heard of him. Um, he says, if you can, go out and mingle with the crowd for a live one beforehand. Go sort of just be in the bar and get a feel for what they're like. Because if they're completely riotous, you're going to need to adjust your delivery to suit that. I think there's some really, really brilliant advice in there. Oh, God, actually. So once upon a time at Radio Manchester, <laughs> I... Um, uh, I 
uh, really badly mispronounced the name of the main Welsh political party, uh, which is pronounced Plaid Cymru, by the way, if you need to know this. But I pronounced it Plaid Cymru, um, <laughs> which I don't think anybody actually got in touch to, to berate me. But I just, I, I sort of wake up in a cold sweat about this still. Like Plaid Plaid. Plaid Cymru. Yes, that's okay. how you do it. Ugh. You're what's wrong with politics at the moment, Leah. (laughs) A lot of medical awards tend to have, um, or, or, you know, sort of industry awards, either the the chemical or physical industry, tend to have names for a lot of their awards or uh, discoveries, which aren't exactly everyday language. And so I'm always asking for those first off, just so that the voice can get their mouth around those words um, around a lot of the names and I always ask as, as well to get um, a recording of how you say people's names um, and if there are any sort of ways that they want them pronounced, their names pronounced. In terms of rehearsals on the day, it's really important to know when you're actually going to start speaking as a voice of God. You know, when do you announce the winner? Is it when the video goes up? Is it when they open the envelope? Is it when they flash the envelope? You know, all of these things you have to bear in mind when you are that that voice. Um, so it's a, it's a complex, a lot of things and cues that the voice really needs to think about um, and be aware of. So it's almost like you are God. Not only are you the voice of God, but you are God because you're, you're overseeing quite a lot of things and your production team should be giving you those cues, but you also have to be live and looking and seeing and being ready for doing it. Gosh, it's such an important job, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Yeah, Keeping these events going. It's just a typical another example of where Voice of God is just completely unseen. Mm. Excuse me. But (laughs) incredibly integral to the event or what's happening. People don't know where to go, where to stand, where to sit, what to do. They don't know what's going on. I could not be trusted to do that live. I'd be like, you, by the bar, sit down. Yeah. Maybe that's what some sort of event would like. Absolutely, definitely. I think I'm here would. if you need me. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, uh, there's live and pre-recorded. See, I've done pre-recorded Voice of God before, but I've not done any live, which would be lovely because I'd get to leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only done pre-recorded for things like the Pencil Awards. The Pencil uh, Awards? Yeah, something to do with stationery. Really? Yeah, and Have you ever been to the Pencil Museum in Keswick? No, but it's on the list. It's amazing. It's so amazing. It's the best thing. It's one of the best attractions I've ever been to. It sounds ridiculous. There's a giant pencil and hundreds of tiny pencils. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, going to bump it up the list. I'm going to put it above Diggerland. (laughs) Is there such a thing as Diggerland? Let's not go down this road. Okay, fine. There are lots of lands. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so I asked her which she preferred, live or pre-recorded. My background is in television news. I used to produce live TV news programmes. And I worked for, like on national TV shows, Channel 5 News, Sky News. When when ITV had a news channel, I worked on that. And when you do live news, it's a bit of a digression, but you'll see where I'm going with it. Um, it's a real buzz. It's a real adrenaline rush. It's it's there, it's in the moment, it's happening live. The reporter is is in places, and I've, I've been in the, the gallery where you, do, you tell everybody what to do. You boss everyone around, you decide... Um, whether you're going to the presenter in the studio, whether you're going to the person live, when the Pope's just died or when the shuttle's just crashed or whatever it is. And when you're doing live Voice of God, the control room in that environment is very similar to a news control room. And there is nothing like the adrenaline rush of being at a live event. Obviously, hopefully nothing goes wrong in your live event when you're the Voice of God. But you do need to have your scripts 
handy, stuck on the wall or near you, for what if um, the main presenter who's handing out the awards has a heart attack and falls over? What if um, there's a power cut? What if uh, there's a fire alarm? Um, you need to have all of that emergency stuff there. Most of the time, you are reading out the award nominations or the event guidance notes or whatever it may be. And most of the time, that's not terrifying, um, apart from the usual performance rush that you might get if you're on stage. But you've got your script in front of you and you're, you're all organised and stuff and you, everybody's rehearsed it so you know what should happen. But, but things can and do go wrong. So from that point of view, live things are cool because they're really full of adrenaline and it's really fun. But if you just want to not feel that, the pre-recorded stuff, you get the script and you know what you need to say. And this is what Lorraine had to say about uh, the benefits of live versus pre-recorded. Sometimes it can be quicker and more advantageous to have a recorded voice of God just simply because then you can just press a button and the production team know when that is going to happen and, you know, the lines have been said, the names have been prepped, everything's been done and you've got it in the can and it's fine. I quite like live if it's a big event because I think it gives a bit more energy and the voice can play off the energy of the crowd and really build up the crowd to cheer and get involved. I really hear that. I think, I mean, obviously both have got their benefits, but I think being in the room with the people definitely from a, my perspective as a voiceover if someone got in touch with me to do VOG and I was getting out and like you know putting a suit on and, yeah you know sorry where's my booth you know like absolutely like, that'd be great fun I'd wear a bow tie for that oh 100% yeah just a bow tie yep singularly one thing pyjamas <laughs> um uh, we did a wee sort of informal survey on the VO Social North Facebook page a wee while ago to see sort of among the people we know who are doing Voice of God work, who they are. And we, we discovered it was mostly men among our lot up here in the north. It does seem to be more men than women being booked for a lot of the Voice of God stuff. So we asked Katie what she thought about it and what it was like from a woman's perspective. There aren't very many girls who do Voice of God, ladies who do Voice of God. There um, is the amazing Gina Millot, who does the BAFTAs, um, who's just a complete legend. There's Trish Bertram, who did the Olympics. Both of them are completely... I totally look up to them and I'm very inspired by them. Other... I think it's kind of a little bit like movie trailers. Um, I think it's perhaps the last bastion. Now females are doing car adverts, but you you don't really get there with a movie trailer I got shortlisted for a for a movie trailer and and I was we booked the studio and everything and then I didn't get the job and they went with a man and I think voice of God is turning the corner there in that more and more awards things think that actually they could have a woman doing the announcements and it doesn't belittle the event anyhow cinema's got a bit of a way to catch up but so yeah I think it's opening up more to women as the world is becoming perhaps a little bit more the 21st century inclusive there's still a long way to go and I don't know if certain events would be more or less likely to have a female voice of God um, but you know different events may be more or less likely to have somebody with a low voice a big booming low voice as they might want somebody who's a who's has a higher voice so it, a lot of it's subjective but there is a kind of a gender bias still there I asked Lorraine why she thought more men were booking Vogue work than women. I don't have an answer for that, other than it's traditional. It's always deemed to have been a male voice, 
but I always ask the clients, really, is, is that your first choice? Does that voice, does that age fit with what you're trying to do? Is that the right demographic? Because these questions are important and they're part of the whole marketing matrix of any brand, product or service. They really, they may not perhaps be instantly important, but they all fit together as a big picture. So I'm always asking that question. I personally feel perhaps gender isn't really where the choice is. I think it's on the tone. And it depends on your event if you want a loud brash tone if that's what your event is and you're cutting across a lot of people cheering and you know being really merry versus if it's a simple sort of you know these are the winners today and perhaps it's pre-recorded so I think it's more tone I, I always feel that the best voice of God really are just reassuring and likable and I think that's changed because it had been it had been traditionally very loud very showmanship you know, back to the circus days in terms of now we're going to announce this, this is coming up. And, and then it changed to be much more, much more varied and, and a nod to the fact that there are many voices out there, there are many people out there. Hi, live announcer Randy Thomas here. You might know my voice from the Oscars, the Tonys, Kennedy Center Honors, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or halftime at the Super Bowl. You are listening to The VoiceOver Social. You know what time it is, don't you? It's panic um, yeah, here we are. This is this month's Panic Room. So I have a weird little squeak that happens sometimes at the start of a sentence, sometimes mid-sentence, which I can lift out in the edit, but I don't know what it is in my voice that is making it happen. And I don't hear it when I talk normally. It's only obviously when I'm listening back with the cans on. But I don't really know how to get rid of it. I don't know whether it, it, it's nasal or whether it feels like it's at the back of my throat. I think it normally happens at the start when I start talking and I've stopped and I start again because I can lift it out. But when I think about it, I think it must be more nasal, but it feels in the back of my throat. That's the best I can do to explain it. Nick, what do you do with something like that? Let me just put my lab coat on and my (laughs) smart glasses. So uh, I've spoken to this voiceover about this before and I had my theories on what it might be, but... I felt with this one it was important just to cast the net wide and get a little bit of advice from the um, voice coach community and I'm part of a an organisation called the Voice and Speech Trainers Association or VASTA which is populated with brilliant voice coaches and speech and language therapists and all over the world and uh, I, I sent a few of them uh, the, the squeak uh, to have a little listen and it was really interesting hearing what came back so there's some some avenues to follow here I think. So my initial thoughts uh, tie with what the voiceover was saying there in the sense that it could be something to do with nasality, uh, whether there was something going on with the soft palate um, and a couple of other people uh, agreed with me on that in the forum um, because where the clip I was sent of the squeak happening, it happens before what's called a velar plosive. Hang on, before you carry on, we should explain why we're not going to play the squeak. Oh yeah, we're not going to play the squeak because I don't think you're going to hear it. <laughs> it's like three words and like a millisquilly second and I could only hear it with my cans. I love my cans. I'm Cresty really it is. Yeah, it's like a little squeak in between um, 
a vowel and a velar plosive, a consonant called a k. <laughs> right. The k. So a k is made with the soft palate and the tongue, which is which feels like it's at the back of the mouth. It sort of is at the back of the mouth, but it's not all the way back. It's more in the middle, really. Um, so it's like sound okay so when you make a cut the soft palate drops down and the tongue raises and they sort of bounce off each other and um so if there was something happening with a little bit of laziness in the soft palate returning up and a little bit of the next bit of the sound whether it's a consonant or a vowel escaping through the nose that might make a little squeak Mm -hmm. Um, some other people suggested what a surprise even though people are really experienced voicers sometimes it's literally just a case of hydration really because of hydration well yeah I mean some people one person mentioned how they were surprised by the number of clients who came to them because random noises just ended up being a component related to like dryness causing things to stick and peel apart so if you're someone for whose mucus sorry if you're eating is particularly (laughs) sticky then that might cause like the soft palate and the tongue to stay stuck together a little bit or the soft palate and the roof of the mouth or something a little bit further back. Um, so they suggested uh, exploring um, a little bit more hydration, whether that's water, and also inhaling steam or uh, nebulised saline. A nebulised saline solution would be good. Um, um, just So nebulised, what is that? <laughs> it's like an inhaler oh, right. sort of a thing. You're just snorting salt water? Yeah, sort okay. of. Yeah, there's lots of new things. Um, I mean, that sounds horrible. Have you done that? Uh, yeah, I've done quite a lot of, lot of nasal douching in my time. <laughs> because I... <laughs> it's just not a, called that. It's called that. Well, it's a douche for my nares. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And it works to the Well, yeah, because it is I, have, I have quite a lot of sinus issues, so I have to keep that area quite clean. So just... You, <laughs> sorry. Um, we've lost Leah. She's dead. D-U-D. <laughs> yeah, I douche my nares. Get over it. <laughs> Right, yes, sorry, so, um, <laughs> so rinsing out the sinus area in whatever way you feel appropriate is, is like my dad literally puts some salt water in his hand and snorts it. Does he really? Yeah, like an Irish person's version of drugs. Wow. Just water. Um, or some people, you can get like um, what's called netty pots where you kind of... Oh, I've seen them. It's like a sort of a, a, a genie pot with a long tube. Yeah, yeah. you just got to be careful you don't use it if there's already an infection going on. Because if you've got a cold or something and you try and uh, douche your... I'm going to use the word as much as possible. <laughs> if you try and douche your sinuses with a netty pot when you've got an infection, you're going to wash that infection all over the place. You've got to oh. be careful. Um, so another interesting theory was that um, one of my uh, coach pals said he thought it sounded like the breath wasn't adjusting quickly enough after a glottal stop sound. Mm-hmm. And that works with what the voiceover is saying in the word as well, because it's actually an E into a K. So you can get a bit of a glottal on the eh, 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 yeah. eh. So if there's a little eh. bit of air sort of... Um, uh, imbalance with the airflow there, i.e. the um, the air coming out after the sound has been made, rather than at the same time as the sound being made. It's hard to do this without. Can you do both onsets. examples? So, so there are three types of onset to sound. You get uh, uh, breathy, which is hi, hello. So the air comes through before the vocal folds close fully. Mm. Then you get uh, glottal, which is hey, hello, hi. Hello. So it's like um, the the vocal folds close and the air explodes them open. So it's kind of harsher. And then you get simultaneous, which is hi, hello. So everything happening at the same time. Mm. Um, so if you get glottal, 
and the breath isn't adjusting quickly enough after the glottal, there might be a little squeak. So if the air pushes through to explode the vocal folds open to make the sound for like eh, and then the airflow doesn't calm itself down enough for the next sound, there may be a little squeak or a flip then. This is all a bit technical. Um, and he also suggested it might be a little bit of false fold uh, constriction, which is, so we have two sets of vocal folds. We have the true vocal folds, which are the ones that vibrate to make sound, and we have the false vocal folds, which are little flaps that sit above. And if they don't get out of the way, um, or, or deconstruct or release, then sometimes there's extra little bits and bobs of sound that pop in. So it might just be about working out the closure of the vocal folds and the air pressure and that sort of thing. So just to uh, just to recap, right, right. Uh, three things were number one, can you check you're hydrated? Mm-hmm. Do a little douching. That's douching. I don't know if you've heard of douching <laughs> uh, with a neti pot or a nebulizer or some saline. Number two, check it's not soft palate issue. So maybe a little bit of work with the soft palate in terms of energizing the soft palate and getting the airflow going. Our number three, is it something to do with onset of sound? So there are three avenues there. And it's always it's always good to check as well if this is something that is very new and hasn't been happening lots, the advice is always to seek medical advice. Mm. So if all of a sudden you start getting this squeak, perhaps it's something like nasal polyps or something going on within the vocal tract that needs a little look. Um, so it's always best if you're really concerned or you're in any pain at all to seek medical assistance. That is such a good point. Yes. Wow. Wow. Mm. I think that might have been my favourite panic room ever so far. I'm exhausted. <laughs> it, was, it was very specific. Don't forget, if you have a thing you want to send into our panic room, Nick's not got enough going on at the moment. So, uh... <laughs> I'm so bored. So bored. <laughs> send them in. Send them in. She'll sort it out. She will. It's time. It is time for our brand new segment. Yay. News from Equity. Who's Equity for all our listeners who are under rocks? Equity is the trade group for actors voiceovers included in that bracket. Uh, So we spoke to Annette a little bit earlier on. Uh, I'll let her introduce herself. I am Annette Rizzo and I am a voice artist and uh, have been for the last 14 years now. And I'm also a member of the Equity Audio Committee. And so we asked Annette, who we spoke to a little bit earlier on, uh, what is your news from Equity? Do you want to join in for that? I think so you, wait, you know, I'm just enjoying watching it. <laughs> uh, we asked her, we did, we did ask her, um, what is your news from, from Equity? Equity? We do have a big announcement, which is um, this time round, we had been asking uh, for some time that there be a TV commercials working party. And not just us, also the Screen and New Media Committee also feel it's high time that we we took another look at what's happening in TV commercials. Uh, so I am delighted to announce that there is going to be a TV commercials working party at last. Uh, as well as two members of the audio committee, there'll be one from the walk-on committee, one person from the stunt committee, one singer and five actors from Screen and New Media. So they're all going to be getting together to take a look at it and then report back to the TV commercials organiser. What the issues are from the point of view of some of the other members, I don't know. But certainly as an audio member, I think we're all keen to see, amongst other things, um, how we work with USV and also how we work in this changing landscape where we have a lot of competition from the pay-to-play sites. So what we're seeing increasingly, and I don't know about you guys, but what I'm hearing a lot from members is that they're being told straight away from by a production company or uh, an agency who wants to engage them for a TV commercial, this is the fee, this is the budget that we have, 
And when they come back and ask, well, okay, what are the TVRs on that? They're told either we don't know or it's not relevant. This is the budget we have. So the way that TV commercials have been arranged in terms of payment to artists for, well, as long as I've been a member and as long as I've been working in this industry is now changing. And people are being offered kind of really knockdown rates, uh, particularly from the pay to play sites. Um, and also things like they're, they're being asked to sign contracts for their voices to be used in perpetuity. So lots of things that are making people pretty edgy, and agents too. And I think it's time that we, we kind of got hold of that, really. Well, and, and I imagine you probably heard that here first, because as far as I know, that, I mean, I don't know if it's actually an exclusive exclusive, but I don't think anyone else is going to be talking about it by the time Super this is exciting. published. Yeah, it's very You're cool. welcome. Yeah. And um, we'll be bringing you more news from Equity uh, whenever they have it, whenever they have some exciting news or developments, shall we be sending them over? Yeah, and... Mm. Uh, um, that was a that was jam packed. Yeah, jam 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 packed. Jam packed. Jam packed. We would like you, if you have a moment at all, to leave a little review of our podcast because it helps people find us. And at the moment, if you type into uh, Google "voiceover podcast," we're like fifteenth or something, and all the other ones are American, as far as I can make out. Or near, yeah, I think they all are American. Mm. So like, represent represent the UK. Or if you're from America, then um, isn't this nice Hello. for a bit of a change? Hi, hi I'm Irish, not Scottish. Yes, it's important to know. Should we mention the website? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we've got a website now. If you haven't noticed, if you're not in the Facebook group and you're not uh, following us on Twitter, then you might not know. Oh, and if you don't get the newsletter, you might not know that we have a website. It's thevosocial.com. And on it, you can listen to this podcast, uh, which you don't need to because you're already doing that. Or you can find out when the next uh, dates of the social are. Uh, You can see pictures of people who come to the social. You can get in contact with us through the website. You can join the newsletter by clicking on the button at the bottom. You can see a picture of our lovely faces in this very booth. Um, So that's good, isn't it? A lovely big website. Mm. Yeah, uh, and the other thing then, uh, so send a review. Look at the website. Oh yeah, no, it's just about the send panic us room. Gin. Oh no, <laughs> we really want your panic rooms because uh, so far we've had a few different interesting variations of panics. But we need to know what yours is. If we don't know what your panic is, then we can't possibly. I say we. Nick can't possibly help you. Um, a problem shared is a problem halved, or even solved, or solved. Maybe yeah, probably solved. Yeah. Anyway, it's been lovely. So we uh, do we end it now? Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> um, I've been Liam Marks, and I've been Nick Redman, and we, we are, are the, the Vo Social. Social. Douche, douche, douche. <laughs> Together till the end of the road. Together till the end of the road. Together till the end of the road.